Alleluia, Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but in one of my dives into the internet this past month, I saw a comic strip. This comic strip had a person returning a package to a real retail store. The person said, I want a refund. What were they returning? It was the year 2020. It seemed like this year has been filled with bad news. I'm sure that there is good news out there. Neighbors helping out neighbors. Good news in people stepping up, uh, fulfilling needs when they arise. It's just that those good things seem to be drowned out by the bad news. Uh, and also the negativity that we find on social media. You look on social media and it does not take long at all to have people demonizing other people and giving an overall sense of hopelessness. You see headlines and posts saying, I can't believe what the government is doing. Or, I can't believe what those citizens are doing. You mean to tell me that we can't go to church? You mean to tell me they're going to church? Don't they care about stopping this disease? Or, we can't go back to work yet. Don't they care about my life? Or, we can't go back to work? Don't they care about our lives? And the sad thing is, if you watch any kind of news, whether it be on one side of the issues or the other, you are very familiar with arguments that are arguments that I am talking about. I have heard some people say in all of this that they're really enjoying the lockdowns. And that may be. There are some interesting things to note about, good things to note about the lockdowns. I have uh, seen and heard of families eating together once again or for the first time. I have heard of some people getting long overdue projects finished. And I have heard some people actually getting back into the Word of God. And I have even heard some people saying, half jokingly, that they finally have gotten to catch up on their Netflix going through all the things in their queue. And I've heard of people catching up on video games as well. But jokes aside, it is becoming more and more evident that we are in a bad place in this present time. And no one really knows right now who, what to do or who to trust. It seems like most of our leaders contradict one another. At one moment we're supposed to wear masks, another moment, and you're demonized if you're wearing a mask, and the next moment you're demonized if you're not wearing a mask. It seems like there's contradictions all around and you don't know exactly who to trust. Isolation, we know, causes problems. Going to work, we know, causes problems. 
We care for family members and some family members we aren't allowed to see in nursing homes. I personally know, and I was uh, communing uh, one member uh, who was forced to die alone without pastor or communion. The fear of death uh, is strong, and that is understandable. But it means that some in our own congregation have died alone. Would those who are dying like to see their pastor? Would they like to see their children? It is a real conundrum. It is the kind of situation where you are in trouble if you do something, and you are in trouble if you don't. We don't want people to catch the disease, so we shut down. And we shut down meat packing places, and now we are being told that there is going to be a meat shortage. And we are being forced to open up the meat packing places. Lots of questions, lots of fights on every side. There are those acting out of selfish motives, you can be sure, on both sides. And I hope that there are those acting from a position of care on both sides. But the fact is, we're hearing different things, and people don't know exactly what to do. It is no doubt that these are hard times for all of us. Those graduating from Purdue right now, this week, are graduating with an economy that has 20% unemployment. To compare, to just to compare that, and it might not be hitting you yet, but to compare that, when we had our last economic, economic collapse in 2008, uh, during that collapse we had the record nationwide was 9.9% at its worst. In the Great Depression, it reached 25%. We're not far from there. These times are not good. And it could be getting worse. According to Fortune, the USA has around 30 million eligible workers unemployed right now. I believe that this will turn around. History indicates it will. But as we're going through this, what can we learn right now? No matter what news outlet you watch, no matter what your opinion is regarding the solutions to our world's problems right now, no matter what you think of our president or our governors, it does not matter if you think that we should hunker down or get back to work. We can see from all the problems. We can even see from all of the solutions. And I mean all of them. It is evident that we are living in a world that is perishing. And you know something? This has been evident all along. We just don't notice it sometimes. Since Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, we have had a death rate of 100%. Only Enoch and Elijah, according to God's purposes were allowed to escape this fate. Everyone else, even the Son of God, died. Although we are to strive for life, 
and we do indeed strive for life. Life in this world will end, and this brings note of that. Our current situation brings note of that. We, our life can end because of a disease. Our life in this world uh, can end from a car wreck, from people hurting people. It can end because of accidents. All we know is that life in this world ends. We need something more. No economic stimulus, no, no vaccine, no nothing is going to stop that from happening. Life will end. If this disease and the fighting that has come about over the solutions to the disease have taught us anything, it is this. There is death in this world, and the cause of it is our sin. There is death from disease, abuse of power, depression, anxiety, and the list goes on and on. This world is no place to set up our future hope. Our gospel today calls us sheep in need of a shepherd. Not just any shepherd. We do not want a shepherd who comes to take advantage of us in our fragile situation. We do not want a shepherd. We want a shepherd who comes to us to help us in our desperate need. I'm sorry, my uh, battery just went out. I, I did not realize that, so try to bear with me. Turn your volume all the way up at home. Jesus said to the Pharisees, who were arguing with him over his healing of the man who was born blind, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. It is very clear in the scriptures that they point out to one shepherd alone. As we, led in, as we read in last week's scripture lesson, that the scriptures reveal Jesus as the shepherd of the sheep. We know Jesus through the law of Moses and the fulfillment of the prophets. It is interesting to note from last week that Jesus didn't reveal himself uh, to the men walking on the road to Emmaus by saying, hey guys, it's me. No, he revealed himself to them in the scriptures. The scriptures are the door that only Jesus can walk through. Jesus is the only one who fulfills the law of Moses and the prophecies of the prophets. And to Jesus alone, the gatekeeper opens the door. That is, the gates of heaven are open to Jesus. For he alone has kept the law 
And yet He alone took the punishment that all mankind in their sin deserves. To Jesus alone, the Father opens the gates of heaven. The sheep, that is us, we hear Jesus' voice. And it says that He calls us by our names. He calls us by name and He leads us out. He calls each of us by name in our baptism. And if you have not been baptized, the Good Shepherd is calling you to those waters by name. He is calling you to those waters where He will wash you with water and the Word, granting you the forgiveness of sins that He has earned by His death and resurrection. The Bible says that He calls the sheep by name and He leads them out. Where does He lead us out of? He leads us sheep out of the death of this world to the gates of heaven where His sheep will enjoy freedom and everlasting life. The purpose of this life, the only purpose of this life is for you to know the Good Shepherd and for to have Him lead you out of this place where thieves and robbers come to destroy and to kill. Those thieves and robbers, we know them well. They are the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. Our good shepherd has come from heaven. He has found us. He has called us by name. And he is leading us out of this fleeting, perishing world. And he's taken us home. He is using us, his sheep, the church, to seek and to save the lost. When he has brought us out, when he has brought us out, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Jesus said that his disciples would pick up their crosses and follow Him. And that means exactly what our baptism indicates. Our baptism with water indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires. That means that we daily die to self by confessing our sins that lead us to death, that lead us to isolation, that is, that separate us from God and our neighbor. But the good news is that our baptism with water also indicates that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. That means that we daily, in for our forgiveness, we daily live for other people. 
Those who follow Jesus lay down their lives for the sake of their neighbor because Jesus laid down his life first for us. Anything that takes us away from the love of God and the love of others, it is not from the voice of the one who took away our sin. Jesus is the one who fulfills the scriptures and he alone calls us to lay down our lives for the sake of others. Jesus continued speaking to the Pharisees and those near him. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the shepherd. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. That's a promise. My friends, these last several months have proven to us that the world is fleeting. And it has proven to us that the things that we take shelter in are only temporary. They may give us solace in the moment, but they can be taken away. They may keep us safe from momentary sickness, but in this life, death will find us. But we must understand that death itself in this life is but a portal. Revelations lets us know very clearly that the death in this world is either a portal to the second death, that is hell, or it is a portal to peace with God and the life everlasting. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That is, he will be saved from the second death. And Jesus says that that person will go in and out. That is, he will have freedom. He will have free pasture. This means that we will be saved to true freedom. There will be no lockdowns. There will be no quarantines in heaven. And the things that make us afraid, they will be no more. Jesus came that we would have life and that we would have it abundantly. This is the promise. And this promise, it supports us in our current strife. It is the promise that allows us to see that our fights are, they are not against flesh and blood, but rather our fights are against sin, death, and the powers of the devil. And we recognize that the cross, the burial, and the glorious resurrection of Jesus defeated our enemies. We don't want to demonize one another, 
The president's not our enemy. The governor's not our enemy. Those are people that Jesus came to save. The protesters are not our enemies. Those are people that Jesus came to save. We may disagree with the president, the governor, the protesters, but the truth is, Jesus came to die, to rise again, so that all of those people all of us people can have forgiveness of sins. We may disagree and sometimes those disagreements have their root in the Holy Scriptures. When this happens, as it does with issues regarding abortion, euthanasia, marriage, and other things that we can't, don't have time to list, right now. When we disagree, we always want to speak the truth in love. We want to remember that the person that we are talking to is someone that Jesus, the Son of God, shed His blood for. And we always, in all circumstances, want to echo Jesus' prayer. When Jesus' enemies were crucifying him, literally, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. This is the church's prayer for the world. Father, forgive us. Father, forgive them. And what a blessing it is to know that is exactly what our Father in Heaven desires to do. He sent us Jesus to forgive all of our sins, to bring us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Even in days like this, it is comforting to know the Lord is my shepherd. Because of this, I shall not want Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and my cup, even in days like this, my cup, it runneth over. And surely, even now, goodness and mercy follows me all of the days of my life. And I, I meditate on the promise that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.